Well, that was not expected. Welcome everyone to Game Over Calgary. My name is Peter Klein. On this night, the Calgary Flames have now won back-to-back -back games after a 4-2 triumph over the Nashville Predators. Uh, coming up on the show today, we'll talk about the very good from this, the ugh, still kind of not great of it, but overall focus on the positives, I think anyway, coming off of a 4-2 win, like I said, over Nashville. Um, as always, send your thoughts in the uh, the chat. We do the press conferences at the end, but you guys got good conversations going throughout the night, and as the, the one-man band here tonight, uh, I'll probably steal some of the things you say as the show goes on as well, but keep the, uh, the non- topic related questions off topic is how actual humans say that um keep those until the end of the show but uh, for now just a nice little <sighs> as the flames have now won back-to-back -back games following this performance and this was it was a it was an interesting night um not to just run through and do play-by-play -play of the game but this was a night where I, I thought they got off to a pretty good start and then it's do nothing and it's like wait that's what? We're doing this thing again where they're, they're out shooting teams to high holy hell and then still losing? Um, okay, and then the second period kind of dominated by how bad the power play has been. And then in the third period, they were just like, I don't really feel like losing tonight and came out and just absolutely dominated. So uh, a lot to feel very good about, I think, from a Calgary Flames perspective. But I think the biggest takeaway from a positive standpoint from this is the play of, I guess we're calling it the second line um, with Sharon Govich, Kadri and Connor Zari. Uh, they were phenomenal tonight. And a lot of the talk over the first few weeks of the season was how out of it Nazem Kadri looked that's not happening anymore. Um, he, he has been tremendous that these last couple of games, that there has been life in the game of Nazem Kadri, And I think they have now found a combination that works with, with Zari flying around out there. Sharon Govich, some of the stuff that kid does, the, 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 the confidence of that young man, that pass, like it, it results in nothing, but that pass that he takes in the third period, 99% of the skating world, just it, cause it, you guys will all remember it, but it's a, a pass. Kadri's kind of a couple steps in from the blue line, sends it toward the middle. Sharon Govich is a little snug toward the net. And in nine, like I said, 99% of the skating and shooting world just redirects that thing on goal and, and just chips it on net. Sharon Govich, the confidence catches it, does a bit of a drag, and puts a better shot on goal. Now it's stopped, but th that is a kid that is, believes in his abilities. I will tell you that. But um, th that was, it, it was just a, a great performance by that line. And they were the ones who I think really took this team from good to great on this night. Um, I think the, the role kind of started with Pospisil, Backlund, and, and Coleman, and they were, I, I think, exceptional tonight. I, I think a lot of what they did is going to be lost because of how good that second line was, but I do just want to shout out that that third line was kind of the, um, for, for lack of a better term, they were kind of the fire starter for this one um, as they kind of, I think, got things going. But Sharon Govich, Kadri, and Zari were the ones who, who I think sustained that flame and helped carry it into the, the third period where Calgary eventually gets those two goals. But this is a massive boost for Calgary because for a while we have talked about um, the need for the top players to get going. And we'll talk about one who wasn't, and we all know who we're talking about, Greer. Um, but, um, Kadri is the one who has, has now gotten this thing going and Sharon Govich and Zari 
work with him. Um, I love the fire and the speed that the kids have come up and played with, uh, specifically, obviously, Zari and Pospisil. He has that drive down the right wing side that, again, doesn't amount to much, but they get some control off of it, and I think they drew a penalty on that um, eventually. But the the great thing about all of these and some of these things that you're seeing is they're doing kind of the obvious things, but they're doing it with energy. And so that's great, right? Like it's, it's speed. It's going to the front of the net. It's creating opportunities off of those chances. And you just, you feel so great about that um, from a, a Flames perspective. And so look, I'm not going to say, well, the season hath been saved now um, or, or anything along those lines, but you feel really great about that line now coming together and maybe just maybe dragging Nazem Kadri back into the season from a Flames perspective because it's been missing for a while, right? But tonight is a night and the last couple of nights, I would say, it feels like they have that figured out. Um, and it feels like they have a couple of things figured out, right? Like they, they have that line figured out. And like I said before, I think you have the third line kind of aced right now with, with Pospisil, um, Backland and Coleman out there. I, I thought they were, quite frankly, with all due respect to that second line, which again, super duper, but I thought that third line might've been their best line throughout the whole game. Um, as, as like into bigger moments, Kadri and Sharon Govich, um, I, I think those two specifically kind of took over, but for the, the 60 minutes as a whole, the, the third line I thought was the one getting them going. And you see that chemistry with Backlund and Coleman. Um, Coleman just throws like a no look pass to Backlund in the neutral zone <laughs> that leads to a, a Backlund rush look. I, I don't even know if he got a shot off of it, but it was just like a, it, it's, it's one of those things where those two guys are finishing each other's sandwiches or sentences, you know? Um, th those are, are two players who I, I think have really got this mind meld going and Pospisil fits right in with them. I didn't know where he would fit in with this Flames group necessarily, but he comes in and was a perfect fit, perfect fit on that third line one more time tonight. And again, playing with speed, those guys just live in the offensive zone, it seems. And um, I was kind of hard on Coleman. I I don't know if I ever talked about it a whole lot on here because there, there wasn't a lot to talk about. And quite frankly, when we were handing out the blame pie from last year, Blake Coleman wasn't coming up a whole lot. But th there's been a few times where I'm like, you know, the amount they're paying this dude, you'd like to see a little bit more. I I'm seeing everything I want from Blake Coleman this year. I, I have loved uh, Blake Goleman's game to, to steal, uh, steal from Scorch Stack this evening. Th they've been... It's been the nice bit of consistency um, that, that this team has needed with everything going on this year. Um, yeah, I I really enjoy what's going on with um, with this group right now. And I, I think that they figured out the second line. I figured out, I think they figured out the third line. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I was going to say, I don't know if it matters if you figure out the fourth line. Uh, that seems to be a lot of conversation um, out east with a certain team that the Flames are going to be playing this Friday. But th this is at least a good sign for the Flames. Um, I'm not saying that, well, <laughs> cancel the rebuild because Sharon Govich, Zarvi, and Kadri looked good tonight. But th this has been, uh, you guys have all, I I'm seeing in the chat right now, a lot of familiar faces um, in the chat. You guys have all been through this, right? Like, it sucks. Um, the last two seasons, basically, to be around this team, whether it's um, us chatting about it, Audi being cursed by it, or, or you guys just having to fucking sit through it. It's been really, really difficult. And so nights like tonight, 
you just got to take the fun with it. And you see on, on social media, and I'm sure there's someone in the chat as well, but um, there's a bit of, oh, great, now this team's not going to rebuild. It's like, can you... Not to tell anyone how to be fans or anything like that, and I know we've seen this all before, but try not being fucking miserable for a second because th this was th this was a really nice win from the Flames. Now, is it possible they go out and get just shit-pumped in three games out east? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's entirely in the realm of possibilities uh, of things that are going on. But this is a night that I, I think, and the type of night that I think a lot of us kind of wanted last year, right? Where you get the kids coming up and making an impact. Um, you have at least half of the big star player acquisition stepping up and making an impact. And Lord knows Jacob Markstrom made a few saves in this game as well, which is another positive to take. So uh, again, overall, is this team talented enough to go on a run and win a Stanley Cup? Probably not. Um, should they consider more long-term solutions for this team? Probably. But you're starting to see a few signs that would lead you to be at least a bit more optimistic about this Flames team this year and beyond, I would say, with the play of some of these young kids. Again, not perfect, and I don't want anyone to, to say... Um, I don't want anyone to say that I'm out here. Well, you know what? Flames are fixed now, man. Sign Hannafin to eight years and just give him a blank check. And uh, Lindholm, ditto. But um, there's at least some positives to, to take from this one. One more before we, we hit our, our first, uh, the, the end of our first segment here. I, I think another positive to take from this game is the play of Jacob Markstrom. I thought one more time he was great. And I felt bad um, initially because like that first goal is just a ridiculous passing play from three players who I am still convinced are made up. Um, and they, they score. And it's just like, it was bing, bang, boom. And it was in the net. It's like, what the hell just happened here? Um, so that was a, a little bit of a, like, what? So you, you can't put that one on Markstrom. And then the second one, um, few are the goalies who are going to stop a two on O. So I, I, I was a little like, oh man, like the, it's because you hear some of the national discourse where you, you just like, you look at it and, oh, the Flames have given up some of the most goals five on five in the league. Well, Markstrom sucks again. It's like, no, th this dude's actually been really good. It's the, the rest of those guys who have been doing the, the sucking part. And so I was happy that he kind of had a chance to stand on his head in the second period. Like just get those save numbers up a little bit. Um, also part of that is coming from someone who owns him in fantasy, but I, I thought he was once again, a very big part of this evening. And yes, they were down to nothing early and it was flashbacks to a season ago, but that this was also a game where he kept them in it. And there was a few chances where Nashville could have gone up three, nothing, and they didn't because Jacob Markstrom was once again excellent in this game. So I think a lot to get quite excited about going forward uh, for the Flames. <laughs> only only re-signing I want is Zaddy. Uh, that from Conrad in there. Uh, we got a few more in. Uh, Left-handed penman. I'll take eight more years of Zaddy. What's the number? 6.9. Uh, so some uh, very grown-up, mature conversations happening in our chat right now. Keep those coming. We'll get to the press conference um, once this thing wraps up. As always, uh, like this video, share it, subscribe to the channel, um, keep the chats coming, and then once the, the thing is over, just go in there and go like, gosh golly gee, wasn't that awesome? Um, leave comments. All that stuff really does help. It's algorithms and whatnot as we're, we're trying to grow this thing. We got a great community building, love coming on and talking uh, after Flames wins, but after all Flames games, love coming on, chatting with you guys. So 
uh, let's grow this thing uh, a little bit more. And with that in mind, it's time for a word from our sponsor. The NHL season is hitting up and there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Whether you're uh, you're looking to hammer an Austin Matthews anytime goal or ride the puck line with the Montreal Canadiens, our partners at Sign Up Expert want to make sure you're ready to sweat your bets with one of the best. Sign Up Expert is hooking up our listeners with one of the newest sports books available in Canada, Batano. Batano is home to some of the best odds when it comes to betting on the NHL and offers unique markets, including virtual soccer and basketball. All you have to do to get started is can the, uh, scan the QR code uh, on your screen or click the link in the description and register uh, to register and place that first bet. If you thought the Canucks have been the best surprise of the season so far, wait until you try Batano. Don't walk Run to check out Batano today. Scan the QR code or hit the link in the description to get started and start sweating with your bets. Always remember to bet responsibly and within your means. Viewers must be 19 years and older to sign up to Batano. Um, so yes, the, the uh, Calgary Flames minus a goal and a half probably wasn't something I would have wagered on this evening, but it ends up being the final result, a 4-2 win um, over the Nashville Predators. Now, it wasn't all sunshine and lollipops because it can never be with this actual team. Let's talk about Jonathan Huberto, shall we? Who, um, if a reminder, is in the first year of an eight-year, I believe, $84 million extension. Whatever the math comes out to to pay him $10.5 million a season, that's what he is making. And he played as much of this third period as I did tonight. That seems like a problem to me. So, on the one hand... Good on the coach for doing this. Um, and it's it's not like I think Huberto has been dogging it or anything like that. Like, I, I I don't think Huberto looks in the mirror at night and goes, you know what? You're nailing it right now. You know, like, I, I think he knows. <laughs> Quite frankly, I think he knows how bad it's been. And I, I think he has to be aware and is unhappy with it, right? Like, you, you didn't see him on the bench tonight. Well, I mean, you did see him on the bench tonight a lot. Um, but... You didn't see him being like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. There was obviously frustration there, but I do think it's more with himself than than it is, I can't believe I'm not getting these opportunities or anything like that. But th this is an ongoing problem now for this team. And the only way you can really solve it and send any kind of a, a real message is to either scratch him, which you're definitely not going to do, especially with Ben Japani serving a one-game suspension, Um but you're not going to just like outright bench him. So, or sorry, outright scratch him. So bench him and just kind of like, they've been trying to do things to get things going. And th there's so many times where you you'll see someone get one player, get moved to a line and it's like, okay, well they're trying to get that guy going. It's like, no, 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 no. Rosichka was moved up to that, that, that first line tonight to get that first line going. Um, that this is a real problem for the Flames, because if if there is any potential of this team doing anything this season, Jonathan Huberto has to be at least a big part of it. I mean, at the very least, a part of it, because right now there isn't anything, quite frankly, there isn't anything he's contributing positively to the on-ice product for this team. Um and I know that that has been a topic of conversation in this market for a little bit because there are some of the stats that, that would lead you to believe that things were going well, but there's just, there ain't a whole lot that, that you can hang your hat on with this player as this season has, has gone along. And again, I don't think he's dogging it. 
I just don't think he's been very good. Um, I don't know if it's a fit thing with him and Lindholm. I don't know if it's like they've been trying a thousand guys over on that other side. That hasn't been working. Um, but whatever problems were there last year are back again this season. And I would not be surprised if some of it is a carryover for how bad last season went. Um, that might be just me looking to blame Daryl for something. But whatever it is, it has to change. And so for Huska to be someone who is... Um, very new in this job and to bench your top paid player. That's a bold move that for a coach to make, but it was kind of the last one. They've tried everything up on that line, right? Like they, they've tried Dubé. They've tried Manjapani. They've tried Kadri. They, they've tried, um, Ruzichka in this game. They, they've tried almost everything. And so now the last thing was just, Hey, just sit and watch for a little bit. And sometimes that, that kind of thing works. Now I'm being overly optimistic. But there are some times where guys sit up in the press box for a couple of games. It's like, oh, right, this is how this sport is supposed to go. And that's the, the wake-up call that they end up needing. But I, I don't know what's going to fix Jonathan Huberto. I, I don't know if this benching is finally the straw that breaks the camel's back and, and he figures it out. But if this team is going to go anywhere this season that resembles a successful hockey team he has to be one of the ones who is driving it and right now he is doing the exact opposite um I do also want to state not to, to take too much off of uh Lindholm but I I don't think that we're that this is gonna be a weird way to put this I don't think we're blaming Lindholm enough for, for what's going on, because he has been pretty silent as well. And I get that Huberto was supposed to be the driver, and one of them's making 10.5, and, and one's making uh, just a bit over four. Um, but the one who's making just over four wants to be making around nine. And he has looked nothing like a $9 million hockey player this year. And I get like that this has been a tough team to look good on this, this season, but this team has been dying for someone to step up, and Lindholm hasn't been it. Um, and you can say he, he's carrying line mates or whatever, but I think he has just too much, just as much to blame, sorry, uh, for, for what has gone on with this Flames team and specifically what's gone on with this first line this season. I, I think you really do have to look at what hasn't happened with Elias Lindholm this year as another reason why this team has struggled the, the way that they have. Um, and it, it makes for, again, interesting conversations going into uh, the trade deadline, going into the offseason. I wouldn't bring him back. I I'm at that point now where, um, while, while I do think when he is going, he is an exceptional 200-foot hockey player, but it's been way too easy to forget about him um, all season long. And I don't want to just base long-term decisions off of 10-game stretches or anything like that, but we're getting further and further removed from the peaks of Elias Lindholm. And if you can get that kind of trade value back for him, then by all means, go for it. Um, so uh, he would absolutely be someone I would be moving at the deadline. And quite frankly, even if this team is in a playoff spot, um, I, I think that's a move you just, you have to make. And with Huberto, all you can do is hope it clicks, right? Like you can't, you're not going to cut him. Um, th that's, I think impossible um so that's out no one's trading for him at this point unless you're attaching a first round pick to it which i mean they've done that already but i think you would have to attach more to a guy making ten and a half million dollars so it, it's it, it it would feel great to just be like oh yeah trade him or whatever there's no one taking him right now you, you can't just scratch him for forever um because you're gonna have a, a bigger problem on your hands you kind of just have to let this ride out and <laughs> 
almost have to stop thinking of that line as the first line, even though they're making a combined like $15 million um, because it'll drive you absolutely insane. But no, like he, he, he just, he quite simply hasn't been good enough. There, there is no other way to describe it. There is no number you could show me or anything like that that would lead me to believe anything other than Jonathan Huberto has been a problem for the Calgary Flames this season and one that Calgary corrected. And it probably, that while I'm sure he is team first and all of those things, and boy, how'd he go to get them. But I'm sure that didn't feel awesome to be parked on the bench in the third period and the Flames have their first come-from-behind win in the third period this season. Um, that probably didn't feel great. That probably that probably stung, just from a, an old ego standpoint for, for, for Jonathan Huberto. But um, that's one of the only real negatives you can take from this game. Oh, the other one's the power play. That was dreadful tonight. Um, th- that power play was just god-awful. And off... Terrible. Is my analysis for that. That's going to end up being a thumbnail tonight. Um, it was just, it was so bad. There was nothing actually happening. Um, you finally got some chances on that first power play when the second unit came out, but it was just, it was sloppy with the puck. Um, Nashville did one thing to cut off the bump back and they just had no idea what to do. Um, it just awful, awful, awful looking power play tonight. Hopefully that gets figured out because that was atrocious this evening. But overall, again, focused on the negatives over the, the last little bit, um, but overall, I think a night where you take a lot of positives from it for, from a, a Flames perspective. A couple plays defensively, like, for sure, don't allow a 2 on Um, But Zadorov was a factor tonight. And like I said, that second and third line was just everything you would want it to be and more. Uh, one more time, remember to like this video, share it with your friends, subscribe to the channel. Um, and if you're listening in podcast form later on, you can, uh, leave a review on the podcast as well. Subscribe to, to the podcast. It is a great way to keep up with, um, all of the, the Canadian teams. Like I genuinely feel like a smarter hockey fan listening to, to all of the shows. Um, not to just single any out or anything like that, but some shit's happened in Ottawa. Um, Maud and Charlie have been phenomenal on uh, covering everything, but specifically, um, the, the episode, I think it was the most recent episode that Maud did talking about the plethora of problems the Ottawa Senators have and what they could be looking for in a, a new GM and things like that. I, I thought was a tremendous breakdown and I felt smarter after listening to it. Um, and we got a bunch of those right now. So, uh, check out Game Over. You'll just be a smarter person for it. With all that being said, it's now time to, to turn to you. I, I've done enough of the, the old content generating thing for tonight. You guys now have your say. It's time for the press conference. Ask your questions in the chat now, um, and I will answer them to the best of my abilities, which admittedly are minimal. Um, okay, let's pull it up here so you guys don't just look at the top of my hat the whole time. Um... Let's see. Is it possible to terminate a contract outright similar to Kane back in San Jose? Is it possible to, to terminate the contract of Huberto? Oh, boy. Um, I don't have that much of a working knowledge of the, the CBA, to be perfectly honest with you. He does have a no-move clause, so you can't just put him on waivers and have him go away. Um, and I, I, I don't think, unless something bad happens, I don't think that you can just terminate a contract like that, right? Like, I... I don't believe that there is a mechanism for that, um, quite frankly. And a buyout would be the holy crap. Um, and just like franchise crippling. So, no, um, there, there isn't a, 
that there isn't really a mechanism to just get rid of them. Um, Brian Robertson messaging in here, whoever we trade Hannafin and Lindholm for, it needs to be someone that can click with Huberto. Easier said than done. One of the things I suggested, I, I was on um, radio out here a little bit ago. One guy who I think has kind of worked with him, like you're not getting Barkov. That's probably not going to happen. But um, Anthony Duclair, I would imagine, is available. He's a $3 million cap hit right now. So you'd have to get a little bit creative to, to make things work with him. But he is someone who has at least played with Huberto before. I wonder if just having that kind of familiarity around would uh, would work necessarily. Sorry, I got dog hair in my face. Um, but that that's one that I, I would kind of look at. So I... I don't know. Um, someone's saying how much for Duclair. I, I, I think he's right around three. What would you have to give up for him? The, the generic answer for any like middle six players, ah, third round pick. Um, like 90% of the league could be traded for a third round pick, uh, according to fans. But um, it, it would probably have to be like a decent pick and then a player that is making a non or a, a, a not substantial amount of money, but uh, enough to, to make it kind of work dollars and, and cents wise this seems just so capped out right now it would be difficult so it, it would almost have to be kind of a hockey trade to, to bring that guy in and san jose's not looking for hockey trades right now um so that would be one that i would look at but a lot of talk about what to do with jonathan huberto tonight honestly it, it's the unsatisfying answer um i i think you just have to ride it out with, with huberto i i honestly and truly believe that you kind of just have to roll with it with, with huberto that, that's what i would be um, <laughs> declares a shark. We can't bring that 10 goal beating culture to, to Calgary. Well, I mean, he's, he's been on other teams before. Um, I, I would say, I would say that, uh, Duclair would feel ecstatic to get away from losing by 10 goals on a, a night and night out basis. And you would get a, a motivated and inspired Anthony Duclair instead of whatever is happening in San Jose right now. Um, let's see here. Da, 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 da. There was one that I thought was good. If Zadorov is three by 4.2, do you take that deal? God, Conrad. I, I, I like where we're going with this. We're looking to, to extend someone. Um, I, we're, we're putting me in a position to say something bad about Zadorov now after he played really well tonight. He is in, in, in no world of mine. Is he a $4 million player? I don't believe anyway. Um, I, I think on nights where he is really good, you can be tantalized at the thought of him being a $4.2 million player, but there are nights where it is really bad. And tonight, quite frankly, was probably the first or second night this season that he has looked like he could be capable of being a $4 million player. And so I think if you sign him to, to that kind of a contract, then you are basically like banking on getting 100% best case scenario him all the time. Um, I think having him at about half of that, you alleviate some of that risk. And if that means him not being here, um, as much as I like him, then, then so be it. Um, but I, I just, I don't think that this is a team that needs to be locking their, again, as much as we like him, especially tonight, I don't know if this is a team that needs to be locking their fifth defenseman into a $4.2 million contract. So I would not do that. But again, that is not because I don't like him. I just don't, I don't like him at $4.2 million much. Uh, Brian, one more time. Savard was supposed to be the power play savior. Can any blame be put on him or solely the players for not executing? I think a bit, uh, tonight it was the players not executing. Like, um, it, it wasn't Savard's fault that Hannafin just like got across the red line and threw it back into our own end. Uh, right? Like it, it wasn't 
that that wasn't on him. I, I think a lot of it is on the players right now. Uh, there was another one here that, that I really liked that I wanted to answer. Uh, where is it here? Da, 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 da. It was about the first line. I could just make it up, but you all are seeing the same chat that I uh, am seeing. So it'd be weird if I just made up a, well, Peter in Calgary asks, I can do that on the radio. I can't do that here. Um, now here it was from so underscore euphoric, uh, which is how we are all feeling. Obviously this flame season. Um, how do you fix the top line? Lindholm and Huberto don't seem to click with anyone on the team. I think the answer for the number one line, uh, was suspended for the evening. I, I think Manjapani is the best fit for that group. I think when that is working well, you have Manjapani who has the capabilities of uh, scoring 30 goals. Um, we, we, we've seen it happen before. But you also have his relentlessness in puck retrieval. And then, so he goes in, does the crash bang boom thing, gets the puck, feeds it to Jonathan Huberto. He does a nifty little pass to Elias Lindholm who puts it into the back of the net. Like that's, you, you, can, you can see how all three of those players are supposed to work together. Now, Two-thirds of what I just said has been supposed to be fucking happening for two years now, and it hasn't. So I can understand the trepidation with that. Um, but I, I think that's the way to go. And one of the things you run into now, um, and again, it's one game. So let's not go too over the top with this. But that third line was working tonight. So none of those guys are candidates for this spot, right? Um, that second line was working tonight. And so I wouldn't touch that right now with a 10 foot pull because you finally have Kadri doing something. And so I'm not messing with that to try to get Huberto going. We, we did that before and it didn't work. Um, so you kind of run out of options, right? Cause you're not, well, all due respect to him, you're not putting Dewar up there. I'm good on the Dubay stuff. Um, and Greer, no. So you kind of have run out of options here because now for at least tonight, and look, we could be talking a week from now, when I'm back on with Charlie for, for game over on, on Saturday uh, against Ottawa, we could be talking about two abysmal performances, and yeah, fucking mix everything up, uh, put Vladar out there for all I care, but um, for, for right now, you have the, that middle six that is actually working, and so, quite frankly, we, we like you said, we, we've tried everything with, with this, I'm not fucking around with the second or third line to try to make that top line look something like a top line. They can figure it out their own damn selves. Um, so I, I would put Manjapani there. Um, a long way of answering that one. Um, Zadorov to the top pair so he can get the, um, so he can get the bag. Uh, fair. Look, he, he's going to get paid for sure. I, I just, I don't know if I would be the one making it happen. Uh, if the Oilers are trying to get Saros, this is a taste of what's going to happen. Yeah, that's right. Take that. Um, he was excellent tonight, by the way. Um, but then the Flames get to him in the, the third period. Man, this Preds team's a weird hockey team. Just a quick tangent here. Because Saros is good. Um, Roman Yossi is still quite good at this sport, it would appear. I have always been a Gus Nyquist fan. Um, Philip Forsberg is really good. And then it's a bunch of dudes I've never heard of before. Like there's a couple of them who have names that sound like guys I've heard before. Um, but man, like that, this is not a team built for success and their goalie is just dragging them across the finish line here, man. So apologies to, to any Preds fans out there, but fuck around, man. There was a lot of time. Hockey DB got a workout for me tonight. It's like, who the... Sherwood? Who the... Sherwood? Um, and that first goal, like, just all three of them, it was like, who is that dude? So, 
the the Preds are, are are an interesting punch, and yeah, if they do want to go full teardown, that they have one of the more valuable assets that would be available in, in UC Soros. Um, I'm Edmonton should be beating down their door, but if I'm Nashville, you couldn't give me enough first round picks right now um, with how desperate Edmonton is for for goaltending. Um, that it would just be like. I, I would be laughing maniacally while uh, sending the, the trade offer that that Edmonton would have to match in, in order to get UC Saros. But I might be a little bitter towards the Oilers too. So I mean, who knows, right? Um, all right. As long as you guys keep them coming, I'll keep answering them. Keep the, uh, the, the chats coming. I do want to see a little bit earlier. Uh, Backlund, this one a bit earlier in the chat, uh, from left-handed penman. Backlund, Backlund is the answer for Huberto. It worked before, um, and it'll work now. I, I just, or it'll work again, sorry. I just, it's working now with Backlund, Coleman, and, and with, with Pospisil. And I'm, I'm not to the point where it's like, well, you couldn't possibly, but it's just that that has been so consistent for so long. So maybe like, do you go then just off the top of my head, do you go Huberto with, um, Backlund and Coleman, and then it's, like Pospisil, Lindholm, Manjapani? Because again, I don't want to mess with what's working on the, the Kadri line right now. Maybe you go Ruzichka with, with Lindholm and Manjapani, and then it is, what would that leave you? Uh, Pospisil, Dewar, and Greer? I mean, that's a fun fourth line. So I mean, like, it, it could work. For sure, it could work. Um, I just don't want to mess with what's working right now because Pospisil had some jump tonight that I, I really loved. Um, Vogon Poetry, just saying, hey, Peter. Hey. Uh, so euphoric sharks up two one after two. So they pull off their first win of the season. Are they actually winning tonight? Um, I am. Oh geez. You have to refresh the NHL app now to see scores. And it's so gosh, golly G and Yeah. They're up two one. They're up two one on 11 shots against the, the flyers tonight. Um, being outshot by Philadelphia 24, 11 and leading this game two to one. Um, you know what? Yeah. I'll say they do get it done tonight. It would be perfect if they got it done against Edmonton for all of the reasons we just talked about. But yeah, I, I'm going to say they don't blow this one tonight and and actually hold on for a, a victory, much like the uh, the Calgary Flames were able to do this evening. Um, <laughs> uh, Brian giving me a shout out earlier. I just missed that. Yes, uh, I dodged the bullet with the almost Audi and Peter curse. I was... I was ready to to kind of um, to challenge Audi on this curse thing because last couple of games he gets like Zari's first, he gets Pospisil's first. Everyone's excited about young players, and then through two periods, I had we're yelling about Huberto, we're yelling about power plays. Like I'm I'm the real cursed one here, but um, now it would seem that it, it's back to me not being cursed because I've actually had a pretty good run of games so far this year, but a couple bad ones as well. I think the team just sucks. I don't think it's a curse. I I think we just are cursed by covering a bad team. Um, playoffs, here we come. Uh, no, not yet. Um, th there's still too many things that need to get figured out before you can lock this team in as one that's about to make a charge for a, a playoff spot. Friday's going to be interesting. Uh, a matchup against a, a Leafs team that obviously has their struggles, but obviously has some high-end talent on that group as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how this roster fares against a, a high-powered, at least at the top, Toronto Maple Leaf squad. That, that'll be an interesting litmus test, I think, for this Flames group coming up on um, coming up on, on Friday, sorry, and then Saturday is the game against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, got a factor Coronado in two. Don't imagine he's going to stay in the A for long. That I completely agree with. Uh, yes, I... 
Look, I, I feel like I've taken a lot of drive-bys at Greer tonight, who I, I don't know if he played a second in this game, but I'm sure he was fine because I didn't notice him. Um, but I feel like at this point, Pospisil can fill the role of the, the guy who crashes into shit. Um, Dewar can as well. If you want to bring in Coronado, I mean, that would be maybe an interesting fit. But again, now you're calling on a kid who's played like five NHL games to fix your $10.5 million player. Um, but then I guess you could go... Huberto with Backlund and Coleman, and then Coronado, Lindholm, Manjapani. Um, that has left now Ruzichka, Pospisil, and Dewar as the, the other group, unless I'm missing someone. Because uh, then Kadri, sorry, and Sharon Govich. I've, I have now locked that line in as if they're like the Legion of Doom line of the 90s, and that you just couldn't possibly. They've played well twice. How could you break that line up? But I, I have them locked in as one you, you can never, never give. Um, oh God, do we need a better showing in Toronto this year? Yes, that is, that is fair. Um, if you were Craig Conroy, would you have sent Vladar down as soon as you saw Campbell on waivers? Uh, no, no, uh, I'm, I'm good on the, the Campbell thing. Um, you can let that be Edmonton's problem. Um, for Vladar, like I, he's okay. I would have traded him in the off season. Um, I, I don't mind having him as a safety net here in case Wolf didn't get off to whatever kind of start, but he's been excellent in the American Hockey League again. It's just, it's so clear that Wolf has passed to the level of the AHL and now needs to be on the National Hockey League roster. And having Vladar in his way is kind of insane. So I, if it were me, goaltender needy, whatever, I am sending, um, oh, uh, no, I mean to protect um, to protect him to bring up Wolf. Oh, that's fine, yeah. I mean, look, if someone claimed uh, Vladar off of waivers, it's uh, nothing off my back. Um, but no, like, uh, fair. I, I, sorry, I misunderstood Conrad there. But no, like, I, I, I would try to move Vladar at this point. And honestly, if, if Edmonton wants him, by all means. Because um, I, I just feel like even if Wolf has a couple of stumbles at the NHL level, Markstrom has been good enough that he can carry a bit of that load while Wolf figures it out. But he... He's not learning anything in the AHL. I, I think, I know a lot of times with young players, it's, oh, they need playing time, playing time, they need playing time. I, I think now it's more valuable to Wolf to, 30 games in the NHL, I think, is more valuable to him than 50 games in the American Hockey League at this point. To, to be with NHL coaching, but also to, to see NHL shots and see NHL players uh, behind an NHL defense on most nights for, um, like, consistently now. I, I think that needs to be his spot for, for him going forward. So um, that's that, that's what I would do, um, personally. Not claim super, yes. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I mischaracterized what you were saying, and to, to assume that you wanted us to, to claim um, uh, Campbell was wrong with me, and I apologize profusely. Uh... <laughs> Nylander would be great. We are having a Nylander conversation now in the, look, I, I would, yeah, I understand this team has some long-term contracts. Um, I would take Nylander on this team in a heartbeat. Everything we've said that this Flames team has needed over the past couple of years, Nylander has it times a billion. Um, he would instantly be the be best player on this team. And quite frankly, I think would solve a lot of problems that Calgary has. Now, one of the problems he wouldn't solve is cap space, uh, so that would certainly be an, an issue you would have to resolve. But there is forever rumors of trades of defensemen to um, from Calgary to Toronto for one of their forwards. Um, for a long time, it was, oh, well, uh, Brody for Nylander. Well, now they have both of them. And well, uh, for a bit, it was like uh, Brody for Kadri, and now we have Kadri. Um, so it's kind of been all over the place. But yes, 
in a vacuum, I would take William Nylander. What it would take to get him from Toronto would be insane, and signing him in the offseason is almost impossible given this team's salary cap situation currently, although everyone is coming off the books next year. But if you could figure out a way to get Nylander in Toronto or in Calgary, um, you you do it and then just kind of figure out the rest around him later. And I get that's what Toronto has done, and they've kind of stumbled on the figure it out part. But yeah, no, you... you he checks like 90% of the boxes the Flames have right now. So I I would be in favor of Nylander coming to the Calgary Flames. Um, okay, we have a bunch of Nylander. What are reasonable expectations for this team? I, I still think as this team is currently constructed, that the group of players that are on the 2023-2024 the Calgary Flames on 10.32 p.m. Mountain Time on November 7th, 2023, the reasonable expectation for this team would to be at least competing for a playoff spot. It has been a disaster so far this season, but you are now seeing a couple of things come together that you should reasonably be able to assume that this team should be at least competitive for a playoff spot. And I get that's a lot to ask from a team that's now won four, but they the the talent on this team should at least be good enough to compete for that. The problem is that also kind of feels like their ceiling. And so I think another reasonable expectation for this team is to throw a stick of dynamite into this thing and blow everything up. And then we're going to have a very weird season with a bunch of weird combinations of things. So a reasonable expectation is that this team's going to look a lot different the day after the NHL trade deadline. And enjoy the ride however you want to enjoy this ride, is how I would say that. <laughs> Did someone say Toronto? As we all know, it's always about the Leafs. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, no, uh, yeah, that, that's just my contractually obligated uh, reference for the, um, to, to bring up the Toronto Maple Leafs on this. Um, so I'm glad I was able to check that box here before we left. Uh, Leafs, I thought they were the Toronto Austin Matthews. Uh, all right. Uh, we've gone into the making fun of Toronto part of the evening and quite frankly, I want to keep my job. So that's where we are going to end this. Thank you all so much. Um, I have loved this conversation. It's a whole lot easier to do these after the flames win. Um, and they did that tonight for two over the Nashville Predators. One more time, give this video a like. I thought it was excellent tonight. Uh, you can also subscribe to the channel. A lot of great stuff on, uh, SDPN. Subscribe to Game Over on podcast form. Like I said, you just learned so much about the, the other Canadian team. We've got some amazing hosts across this country doing amazing work. Um, but also the SDP and U uh, YouTube channel, like um, Julian and CJ have been crushing it this year. Um, Steve Dangle podcast. I mean, it just like Seamus would say banger after banger after banger. Uh, we got an F1 show that is like a hidden gem of podcasts and how it's not like the number one in Canada every week is beyond me. So a lot of great content and great stuff on the basketball side as well. So uh, great content here on SDPN Sports as always. Um, in terms of the next game over, Audi will be the Calgary representative on another head-to-head I will be back on Saturday for another head-to-head. -head. Uh, it'll be myself and I believe Charlie rocking out um, after the Flames and Ottawa Senators. Uh, one of us will just be crying the whole time. So tune in for that. Thank you all so much. My name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at PrimetimeKlein, and I will talk to uh, all of you later. Have a good night, everybody. Game!